Blog Talk Radio.
Nobody was freaking out. Uh, nobody was shooting anybody. <clears throat> we've we've completely overreacted in our schools, and uh, and here's the problem: we have millions and millions of children that uh, that unless somebody brings in some program, or unless somebody takes the initiative to go in and teach these kids about firearms, uh, safe firearms uh, use, about the ownership, about our rights, they're never going to hear about it. And every year, bang, another crop of millions of kids become legal voters in America. And those children who have never had any experience with firearms, guess what? They've got no dog in the hunt. And to them, uh, having a firearm, not having a firearm, uh, it doesn't make any difference. You know, they're, they're being taught in the schools that the only folks that need firearms are government. And, uh, and that's a dangerous thing for our children to be taught. All right, we're going to start the show with uh, what we usually do. And that is we're going to give you guys uh, the opportunity to call in and uh, thank your local crews for the the work that they're doing with the Appleseed Project. The Appleseed Project is a nationwide all-volunteer organization uh, dedicated to teaching the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship program in the nation. It's a nonprofit, and uh, all of the instructors are volunteers. <clears throat> and we work our instructors and our crews like dogs. We work them. Uh, we work them hard, not because we dislike them, but because Appleseed has an actual mission. We're actually, we're actually trying to push forward uh, what we consider to be a viable mission, and that is the instruction of rifle marksmanship and the teaching of American history and heritage. It goes right along with that. The the wise of uh, of the rifle marksmanship. We're going to teach you the hows of it. And then we're also going to discuss the whys of it. We're going to talk about what happened on April 19, 1775, Clinton Green at the North Bridge in Concord, and along Battle Road all the way back to Boston. We can't tell you everything about our, our extremely rich American history and heritage, but we can get you started by teaching you about one day, the day our nation began, April 19, 1775. <clears throat> so... If you guys would like to call in and thank your local crews, you can do so by calling 347-308-8790. Now, Sam D is my co-host, and he usually does the call screen and stuff. And I, think he's on, he's, I think he's on the phone right now, or he's back on the switchboard, but I can see that uh, he's having a rough time of it with the switchboard kicking him off. So, Sam, if you can, whenever you get a chance, if you can start uh, queuing up those folks that have called in, then we want to make sure that we, we've got, uh, we have several different people calling in tonight. We'll start getting these folks uh, lined up. I'm just going to go ahead, and while you're doing that, Sam, I'm going to go ahead and start popping open some of the mics to get, uh, to get some of the people while we're doing this. Uh, Eric Code uh, 714, you on here? I'm here. Hey, uh, who is this? This is Jeremy Hall, captain of the Charlie Company in the California State Militia. 
Well, hey, how are you doing, Mr. Hall? Pretty good. And yourself? I'm doing all right. Uh, listen, you guys are having some kind of a memorial service. We're uh, recognizing. Can you tell folks about that? We've got, we've got quite a few California listeners. So let us know what you guys are doing and when and, and where. Well, what we're doing is we're, we're throwing a uh, memorial for a fallen Marine Corps sergeant, um, Sergeant Steve Sheldon. Um, he was a very good man. He, um, I, he actually passed away on the very hike we're doing. We're doing it on March 29th through March 30th. Um, up, we're going to meet at Crystal Lake on Saturday morning at dawn, and we're going to do a 14-mile hike, 4,100-foot gain. And then we're returning on noon to the lake um, on the 30th, which at that time we will be meeting with Steve Sheldon's widow, son, um, various other patriot groups and organizations that are going to be meeting us down there to uh, memorialize this great man. Um, he, I was about 12 years old, and uh, Steve Sheldon and my father, uh, Marine Corps vets, they took our Boy Scout troop on this hike, and Steve Sheldon made it about three-quarters of the way up the steep portion of the hike, and he had a heart attack and passed away. We later found out that he had had a heart problem and decided to uh, not let the boys down and take us on that hike um, and taking that risk of having a heart attack. So he wouldn't let us boys down. So that I think that's something more, you know, we should memorialize this man and pay, pay tribute to that. Well, I'm sure that he figured that you know, he, he he had problems, but the, and they were not going to go away, and he wasn't going to let it uh, wasn't going to let it run his life. Well, it sounds like a, an amazing guy. And how can people uh, how can people get a hold of you guys? Um, they can I think, go you, to I think I saw you had a place on uh, or a listing on Facebook, right? Yeah, we have an event listed on Facebook on our uh, SESM Southern California State Militia page. Um, we also have our website at uh, www.camilitia.com, um, and we have both events listed there. The whole hike, or if you just want to come and meet at noon on Saturday the third or Sunday the thirtieth at that lake, Crystal Lake in Azusa. That's at the end of Highway 39. You just go up uh, Highway 39 off the 210 freeway, and we're at the Crystal Lake campground. We'll be there at noon on. Sunday the 30th. If you're interested in taking the hike with us Saturday morning, all the information is listed on our website. All right. Well, listen, I'm, I, I'm sorry to hear about uh, about your friend, and uh, may he rest in peace. God bless him for his service. Best of luck to you guys, and I hope you get a lot of folks to show up, okay? All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, that's an event for you guys in California. And listen, uh, it's the uh, Southern California State Militia, and uh, this isn't some underground thing. This is the Southern California State Militia. It's a completely above-board organization, okayed by the the state. Uh, it wouldn't be <laughs> they wouldn't have that organization if uh, if the state wasn't okay with it. Because as we know, California has a pretty intense uh, laws uh, regarding stuff like that. So <clears throat> take a look or Google California, the Southern California 
State Militia, if you'd like to go to the memorial service that they're having. There are a lot of things that uh, that you can do in order to help preserve the rights and freedoms that uh, that we are enjoying right now by virtue of living in this nation. A lot of times Americans think that because we've always had these rights, we always will. And and the majority, I think, of Americans believe that, but there's quite a few... Uh, I'm here to tell you that that's not the way it works, all right? Just like, uh, just like anything else, if it's not uh, taken care of, uh, it can... Uh, it can be damaged, or it can uh, it can rust away, or it can get old and wear out. And and in some places, that's happening to a lot of our rights. What we need is for we need for you guys to help stand together to help protect, to help defend our rights and our freedoms. And there's a lot of people doing different things. There's a, there's there's a a myriad of things that you can do to get involved. And we've got uh, uh, one of the Appleseed crew that I have to call in tonight. Her name is Rachel Malone. And she's got, uh, she's got several things that she's going to talk to you about over the next coming, uh, over the next couple of weeks. But uh, right now I believe Rachel is going to talk to us about an event that she's working on now. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Scott. Good to talk to you. Well, thank you, Rachel. Thanks for calling in. I know I called you at the last minute to to have you call in, but I know you also have an event running, and uh, and I believe you have a friend with you that's calling in too. Yes, I do. I have a friend, Amariah. She has attended a couple of apple seeds with me, and uh, she's one of those girls who actually stayed and stuck it out twice in a row when we had horrible weather including one day when uh, the Army guy gave up and left halfway through because it was so cold and wet. So, yeah, Amariah is a great girl. <laughs> Amariah, you're on the air, too. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, listen, Rachel, what do you have going on now? I told the folks that you, you've got several things that you're going to – that over the next couple of weeks you're going to talk to us about. But but first, uh, tell us what you have going on today. Now, guys, Rachel is uh, – is a, a shoot boss and instructor with the Appleseed Project, and uh, among many other things that she's doing, she's one of the most involved persons that I know. Uh, what do you have going on right now, this weekend? Um, right now, this weekend, well, right now I am at the Girl in a Gun Conference in Waco. Um, the Girl in a Gun is a national women's shooting league that started just a few years ago, and it's grown super rapidly. Um, and I've been kind of a liaison between them and Appleseed just to try to help get their women involved in Appleseed shoots. So this is their national conference. I am staffing the Appleseed boost, and that's why MRI is here with me. She's also staffing the booth. I uh, want to give a shout-out to, goodness, I don't know all their screen names, but we've got um, Heather and Emily and Zach all from the DFW area coming. Uh, another girl, Leah from Oklahoma, who's a friend of mine who's attended Appleseed. She came and staffed the booth today. Um, and Delia, who's an attendee from the San Antonio area, and I am forgetting probably a couple others. I think I've had maybe six or seven hours sleep in the past several nights combined. But anyway, we have a lot of folks who come out, and, and they're helping out uh, the staff the booth, so I appreciate them. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to talk to these ladies here, and something I really appreciate about 
the, uh, the Girl and the Gun program is that they really focus on education. So they're not just about, hey, let's go get a nice uh, cool picture of us posing with the gun, but they really want to help their ladies to understand how to, how to handle firearms safely, how to be able to use them. And so they, they, I think they're a perfect fit for Appleseed, and I've, I've loved working with them there. So that's kind of what I'm doing. Right. I don't know if Amariah has some other thoughts on that and from her experience today. But they do actually do have some cool photographs of them with some guns. Oh, well, naturally, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's not the whole entire purpose of the organization. <laughs> no, no, I understand. The Girl with the Gun, Girl in a Gun group is a fantastic organization, and, uh, and I'm sure most people know. But for those of you that don't, uh, the women involvement, the women's involvement in rifle marksmanship and firearms uh, usage in general is the fastest growing uh, segment uh, in the shooting sports industry, and that is uh, women becoming involved in shooting, and and that is that, that is perfect, and that's the way it should be, and uh, Girl on a Gun is one of the organizations that is doing a great job in helping to bring women into the shooting sports industry. Uh, if people want to get, uh, if they want to get any information from uh, about Girl on a Gun, where do they go? Um, I can't. I think it's a girlandagun.com, but just you can Google a girl and a gun, and um, when you go to the page, go look for the look for the NAS, uh, the chapters. I think they have them listed by state. There are a ton of them in Texas, but it's honestly it's grown. It is it is a legitimate national organization. So just look for a, a chapter close to you. They should have their schedule posted and and a facilitator. They usually get together several times a month and practice their shooting. Okay, and uh, how long will the the uh, uh Let's say it's not the conference. What is it? It's yeah, a yeah. Uh, it's a conference. A conference. Okay. How long mm-hmm. will it be running? Um, it runs through Sunday, I believe. Um, tonight or today was kind of the arrival and welcome day, and people were milling around the ven- the vendors hall. Uh, Friday and Saturday, and I think also Sunday, they have training sessions, um, uh, both live fire training at a range. Uh, they have, I'm going to have Kathy Jackson here, a couple other well-known instructors coming to give training. And they also have some classroom instruction just on, you know, mental things or um, some dry practice or just other other spoken uh, instruction that doesn't involve actual uh, range activities. Okay. And where is this being held at? And this is in Waco at the Waco Convention Center. All right. So it goes right in between this. Austin and Dallas. Right, and you can head up to the Waco Convention Center for the Girl in a Gun Conference. And uh, that's not the only thing that you're involved in, and you're going to be back on the show uh, in the next couple of weeks to talk about some other things. Can you give us a real quick uh, uh, rundown on the organization that you started for uh, Texans called the uh, Texas Firearms Freedom? Right. Um, so I run Texas Firearms Freedom. Uh, in a nutshell, my mission is to equip Texas citizens to make their voice heard for liberty. So instead of uh, going out and hiring lobbyists to do you know, whatever an organization thinks they should, I'm trying to give people the information and education so they can go out, contact their legislators, contact their school boards, contact whomever it may be, and uh, let them know uh, their thoughts. And, and so the people can be holding the elected officials accountable. So I'm just trying to facilitate in helping 
um, interested people to uh, know the, the process by which they can become involved politically. Right, and you'll come back on and you'll talk to us more about that in another meeting. Yes, and then, yes uh, I'd love to. And then one last thing, I'd like you to, to talk about the, uh, the school that you run for young women. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, it's called Academy 31, and it's a two-week summer camp. We run it actually um, out where I live, uh, Austin area, Central Texas, it's out in the country. Um, it's just a real small deal. We limit it to 15 girls, but they actually fly in from all over the country. And it's, it's kind of an odd combination, uh, but it, it's, it, it's something I love. It combines uh, really a lot of things that I, that I love and enjoy and that are my passion. So we'll do, we have uh, skills classes on anything from, so we're doing firearms, uh, safety, and just firearms familiarization. This year um, we have kind of an outdoor skills day where we're uh, doing that type of thing. We have indoor activities. We've got bread making. We have uh, uh, basic auto care. We have... Um, trying to think what we have this year. We've had calligraphy. I mean, just a broad range of different classes. Some of them, um, every morning we'll have a class everyone goes to, and then in the afternoons we'll split off for electives. So that's part of it. And then another part, um, it's a Christian camp, and our real heart is just to help girls to seek the Lord uh, for themselves and to know God. And so we have speakers coming in to just give testimonies of God's work in their lives and, um, and, and give a scriptural teaching. So that, that kind of sums up the camp. It's kind of hard to describe. You, you have to be there to see it, to understand it usually. But there's, there's a really neat bond that forms with the girls. So that's called Academy 31, and the website is academy31.com. Yeah, if you guys take a look at the website for academy31.com, you'll get more of an, more of an idea of, of what they're doing. And, and like, like Rachel said, it may, be, it may be hard for her to explain, and it may be hard for you to understand without uh, without going or without talking to somebody else. But the Apple Z project is really no different. I mean, the Apple Z project is kind of hard to explain That's sometimes true. to folks. But I'll tell you that uh, that the the work that Rachel and the rest of the, the staff at Academy 31 are doing is absolutely it's absolutely fantastic and blessed work. And uh, and anybody that shows up there and goes to the school, I think it would be a life-changing experience for uh, for any young woman who, who had gone through it. If I was a young woman, and I'm not, I would go. <laughs> but uh, I want to thank you. And listen, Amari, how, how many of these uh, how many of these schemes do you get uh, pulled into? Uh, well, this is the first time that I've actually taken a trek out to somewhere with Rachel to, to do something like this. I've, I mean, I've done apple seed, apple seed shoots previously, but this is kind of my first event that she's given me the opportunity to come out and actually serve as a volunteer for apple seed. It's been pretty cool. Now, did you come out to Davila? I was. I was out in Davila. Okay. And I, I'm trying to remember if I met you or not. Because Rachel is one of the one of the best folks I know about about filling the line. She will she will rouse through all of her friends, uh, shake them up, and give them a tug on the collar and drag them out to uh, to learn rifle marksmanship. And one of the things I I know is that if somebody arrives with Rachel, guarantee that's going to be a uh, a one hundred percent great individual. And 
<laughs> I'm always I'm always so very pleased to see the folks that uh, that Rachel brings, which is not it's no surprise to me because Rachel herself is a 100% uh, great individual, a ball of energy. I bet uh, I bet Rachel could clean out a four car garage in about 30 minutes, no matter how much yes, junk you had in there or anything else. She could. She could have that thing cleaned up and speak and stand in 30 minutes. Uh, yep. Uh, all right. Well, like I said, you'll be coming back on in the next couple of weeks to talk about both of the both of those efforts. And, Mariah, you're welcome to come back on, too. Thank you. Uh, and, Mariah. And, uh, yes, sir. And best of luck to you guys uh, during the conference. I hope you guys make a lot of good contacts. And, uh, and let us know when you come back on. How the uh, how the conference went? Super! Thank you so much, Scott. Really good to talk to you. All right, thank you, guys. God bless, and uh, and we'll talk to you uh, next week. Okay, see you soon. Bye. All right, uh, Rachel Malone and Amariah, and uh, like I said, Rachel is she is a fantastic uh, person. Appleseed could not have. Uh, could not have been more lucky than to have uh, Rachel kind of uh, uh, wander in one day a couple of years ago, and uh, and she's when she comes back on, she, she didn't have a lot of time tonight. When she comes back on, she's going to tell you about how it happened and what uh, you know how she ended up at Appleseed, how she ended up being an Appleseed instructor and now a shoot boss. You know, she's out there uh, all across the state running her own events that she runs she's in charge of and she started just like just like everybody else did. She showed up at a, an Apple Seed Rifle Marketship Clinic and she went through the two day course. She listened to the instruction. She shot the rifleman standards and then at some point uh during that she made a decision that that this was a, a viable program and one that she could get behind and one where she could uh she could throw her efforts into in order to to begin making a difference. And, and by gosh, she has made a difference. Uh, she's touched the lives of a lot of folks. And she's brought a lot of folks into the program. Like I said, by some by, I'm sure some by the scruff of their necks and uh, and got them on the firing line and had them shooting. And quite a few now shooting to rifleman standards. Even members of her own family. They, they're not exempt. They, they've been... <laughs> They've been uh, dragged along to the uh, to the uh, firing line, and uh, then they've shot the rifleman standards, and then they've accepted uh, instructor hats. So, like I said, we couldn't be more blessed, and, and God bless Rachel. Doing you know, she's doing a lot of other stuff. Like I said, the Texas Firearms Freedoms uh, Organization, <clears throat> and Rachel just started this just recently, and I, I can't. Uh, I'm not going to go into a lot, but I'll tell you that for the the small amount of time it's been running, it has done a tremendous amount of good. She is a ball of energy, and you look at the the organization, and right now I don't know how many people are in it, but from day one when it started, it looked like it was a a, a uh, full-blown 100-person organization, and uh, and that's just how she rolls. So... She'll be on in the next uh, couple of weeks to tell you the story about that and the things that you can do because everybody thinks that as one person that they can't do anything. And a lot of people use that 
as their defense against doing something. I'm just one person. I can't do I can't do anything that's going to make a difference. And listen, if we just had if we even just had 100, 200 uh, uh one persons like Rachel Malone, it, it would throw such an enormous shift into the into this paradigm and be unbelievable. So don't think that because you're one person you can't do something. Rachel's going to come and talk to you about what one person can do, and it's a tremendous amount, starting at getting involved locally with your local organizations, getting involved with your, uh, uh, with your parties, uh, introducing resolutions, uh, if need be, uh, becoming a delegate, becoming a candidate, and uh, she can tell you how to do this step by step because she's, she's done it now. So... <clears throat> Be sure and listen. I'll be sure and add that. I'll be sure and make sure that people know that she's uh, coming back. I want to talk about that. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so back to getting firearms into uh, firearms instruction into our schools. And uh, you remember at the beginning of the show, I was telling you that that when I was a kid, we had firearms instruction. We had shooting classes. We had. Uh, I don't want to say guns in schools like we carried them, but there were firearms in the schools without everyone freaking out about them. Now, you were, nobody walked around with guns or anything like that. It was a completely safe. Uh, they were controlled. It was completely safe. You didn't use. You weren't allowed to to use them or handle them or anything else without direct supervision. But this this doesn't happen anymore. And when I was a kid. Everybody I knew uh, had firearms instruction, firearms experience. Everybody I knew did some kind of shooting. They uh, they they hunted. They shot skeet. Uh, they dove hunted. They 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 just shot uh, you know in the evenings or weekends you know for target practice and stuff like that. Even the girls. It wasn't just the guys. All the girls I knew all knew how to handle firearms. Now, I, I live rurally. I live out in the middle of nowhere, and uh, you know the whole the this area is a rural area. But the majority of the kids now do not have any. Uh, they don't have any type of relationship with firearms. You know, they don't. They haven't been taught. They haven't been introduced to firearms. And the great problem with that, as I mentioned earlier, is that every year. We are uh, adding millions of kids out of the schools into uh, into the the voting, and if they have had no uh, experience with firearms, if they have had no instruction, uh, then whenever any issues about firearms come up, they're ignorant of firearms usage, firearms safety, firearms handling, and they don't uh, they don't care. They're they're not gonna have any opinion one way or the other unless it is a negative one. Because right now the schools uh, a lot of the schools are teaching that firearms, the tool itself, is the problem. That with the elimination of the tool we can eliminate the problem. That only the government should have firearms. And and this is a very dangerous thing for our youth to be learning. We got a couple of uh, uh, Appleseed Project instructors, Jim Heath and Kim Heath. 
who have uh, been working on helping to get this fixed. I'm going to bring them onto the show. Kim and Jim, welcome to the show. Hi, Scout. Yeah. Good, good to talk with you. How are you guys again. doing? Well, thanks. It's good to speak with you guys, too. Uh, we spoke just a few minutes earlier today, Jim, and uh, I wanted to... I wanted you guys to come on, and you brought uh, you brought somebody else with you, right? Uh, oh, hopefully, Tim Tim Baird and and Jeff Oswald. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay, Mr. Baird and Mr. Oswald, uh, you guys are on too. Welcome to the show. Yes, Thank sir. You, Thank sir. you, sir. All right. Well, Jim, let's start this off with with you and and Kim. Jump in like you always do. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Um, Tim has a meeting at 7 that he has to be in, so you might want to focus on Tim. In Tim? Okay. Uh, yeah, he has a right. meeting at uh, 7 o'clock he has to be at. Okay. All right. Well, let's uh, – okay. Uh, where? How is Tim fitting into this picture? Let, Tim is the, 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 uh, school, the school teacher Correct. or administrator. I am a school teacher in Pueblo County in Colorado, and I'm the one that tried to put all this stuff together for our kids. Perfect. Okay, well, lay it out how this uh, how this kind of uh, how it got going, and and what what you had to do in order to to make this happen with your school. Okay, um, a little background about me. My parents are military. Um, I've always been around firearms, always learned about gun safety, did the whole Boy Scout thing, all that jazz. Um, as I grew older, I noticed around me that what I learned growing up was kind of diminishing, and that always that always broke my heart just a little bit. Um, I grow up, go to college, um, get a job. I'm at my job. I'm now a public school teacher. I noticed that guns are big, scary instruments, and they shouldn't be. So how all this happens was uh, – about a year ago, give or take, I always have these little pin kits sitting on my desk. One's a 50 caliber pin, one's a 308, et cetera. Use the showcases to make a pin. Kids would always come into my office saying, hey, that's really cool. I wish I could shoot that. Hey, what's this about? We'd always start conversations about firearms and hunting and whatever else would come up, different types of sports, ski shooting, et cetera. Um, so my principal comes into the picture this year. And she decides to do an intensive week to where we scratch all the classes and each teacher can pick a topic that they want to focus on. I happen to choose history um, and firearms. That's kind of what I like to do in my off time. I'm a musician by day trade. <coughs> Excuse me. So uh, I go to Mr. Oswald, Jeff here online as well. He's our history teacher at the school, and we just kind of brainstorm and come up with a way, how can we teach about our history? We focused on the American Revolution and the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, how our country came to be, and firearms. Um, I started calling around to different places and different people that I knew and hit up the NRA and the BSA and different organizations and eventually found Jim and Kim from Project Appleseed who were just absolutely wonderful and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, it turned into a thing. Well, perfect. So, uh, so Mr. Baird, you're the, the school teacher with the, that came into this. And Mr. Oswald, you're also a, a teacher at the school? Uh, yes, sir. I'm a history teacher. So this okay. is a perfect so you two guys combination. Got together and, well, you two guys got together and you figured out a way to bring this into the school. Now, where is this school at? It's this in Colorado City. In Colorado City, Colorado. And it's a, okay. uh, kind of give you a little background of the school. It's a uh, semi-rural, somewhat suburban, where some kids are exposed to weapons, but many are not. 
So that's where this program came in absolutely perfectly. Okay. And you guys right now, right now Colorado is one of the states that uh, that have been experiencing uh, a lot of uh, – uh, there's been a lot of uh, uh, of grief and a lot of back and forth uh, with the uh, with the the shootings that have happened in Colorado, and then with the backlash against them, uh, with folks going way far the other way and trying to remove a lot of the rights of the Colorado citizens, and then the Colorado citizens pushing back and. Uh, and trying to to keep their rights, you guys ended up losing a couple of representatives that way, and uh, and so so the idea of uh, of bringing firearms back into schools in Colorado would, on the surface anyway, would seem like uh, it would be fraught uh, with fear from the from the administrators and stuff like that. How did they receive this idea? Can I take this one, Jeff? Yes, sir. It goes in. Okay. So, um, well, Jeff and I got together. We brainstormed some. We first had to get permission from our principal, um, Lexi. We went to her. We kind of explained the history aspect of it and then told her, hey, there might be a couple of firearms. So we, as we ironed out the, as we ironed out, ironed out the details, um, things kind of fell into place. She had to obviously go to her super, the superintendent. Uh, then we talked to the sheriff's office. And after a little bit of... You know, there's a couple battles we had to fight, but we eased into it and told them this is all about the history aspect, and the guns were just uh, firearms, were just a byproduct of what we were, we were teaching, and we were able to sell it that way. Uh, one of the big points that really helped out was a couple decades ago, the high school that I also teach out did have a shooting team, and there are several people in the community who would like to see that shooting team come back, so they were also pretty good advocates for getting this rolling as well. Right, and I looked at uh, the local news station covered the event. Uh, I don't remember the call sign for it, but there's a local station that covered it. And then they posted it uh, on uh, social media. And a lot of the folks there locally were posting onto it saying they really thought it was a great idea. And that uh, a couple of them even like had their kids that had gone to it and they said they couldn't be more happy with the the idea of, uh, of reintroducing uh firearms education back into the schools. So it sounds like this was a uh, that it was a really a uh, uh, a success uh, as far as uh, you know rather than rather than I, I really didn't see any controversy. It looked like all in all it was a really good uh, a really good event. And all that yes. is due to Jim and Kim. There was quite an outpouring of uh positive responses, which we were somewhat concerned about to begin with. And uh, I think it tells you the public wants to have educated citizens, whether it's with uh, firearms or history. And I think this program really brings history and firearm safety to light. So it was an absolutely well-done program. Because you guys didn't just uh, bring guns in and, 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 uh, and have them handle guns and stuff. You had... A full three days, right? How did t- tell the folks how it how this kind of how it panned out as far as the the whole event went with the instruction? Um, Tim, do you want me to take this one? Sure, go for it. It's uh, you know what it, re- what it really did. We kind of brought integrated American history with gun safety, and 
it basically was a high interest activity as we had uh, historical reenactors that went over the uh, history of the Revolutionary War, which the kids really bought into. And then we integrated that with the uh, gun safety and uh, responsibility piece. So it really just came together nicely. And and I'm pretty much a straight shooter. I, I tell you, I was concerned if the program was going to be a success, but um, it was such a well-done professional program that um, even the at-risk kids that usually don't pay attention were in this program 100%, asking questions, uh, just really stimulated. So that's that's where we're at. And just, uh, again, I can't say enough about how well the program was done. Well, you guys had uh, – first you had a uh... – the reenactor come in right now. He was he was dressed as a uh, American Revolutionary War period uh, person. Yes, sir. Right. And, and we had a, a lady come in and uh, discuss the flags, the symbolism, of the early early colonial flags, and how that transitioned to uh, our own American heritage. And looking at the flags, and the kids kind of reflected on essentially what is heritage how your American heritage is so important and how people put their blood, sweat, and tears into making this country great. I think that using the flags is a really great way to do that, too, because whenever people think about the American flag, they think about uh, usually only one or two flags. They'll think about the current one that we're running with all 50, and then they'll look at the uh, uh, the original uh, 13 colony, 13 star flag, and then every once in a while people will will uh, be able to call up uh, something like the, the Gaddison or you know, the, don't, the Don't Tread on Me or something like that. But the reality is is that there were there were about as many flags as you could as you could think of. I mean at Appleseed we we have uh, we probably have 25 or 35 uh, different flags that we will that we will fly at different occasions. And the flags I think tell a great they show a lot of the transition of how it uh, of how we trans transition from the Union Jack uh, to the current fifty stars and bars. Absolutely, and that was the uh, it. You know, it bring history to life, and uh, you know, some of these kids, you know, it's, the Revolutionary War is somewhat an abstract concept for many of them. And this, like I said, it, was, it the, the curriculum was relevant, and the kids were asking questions. And, you know, I, I think from here on out, it's, I mean, they understand history because of the relevancy of the curriculum and knowing where their country came from. It wasn't just, we went up and handed them worksheets. It was just, it was well, just a dynamite that, uh, experience for our students. I heard that the uh, the reenactor guy actually uh, popped off a, uh, uh, a, I guess you call it a blank. It was, a, you know, a non-projectile uh, musket and... Uh, and that that was exciting for the kids, and and there wasn't a uh, an immediate uh, stomp down by the uh, Justice Department. No, it's and uh, we're pleasantly surprised about that. <laughs> I bet they were excited. I mean, that's it. That's, it is exciting. It's an exciting thing to see the history. You can look at uh, pages of history all day long. You can look at as many pictures in your history book as you want, and there's nothing that's going to that is going to be the same as an actual live character stepping out of that book in period costume and actually dropping the flint on some gunpowder 
and uh, and seeing the smoke and everything else. There's there's nothing that's going to approach that. Oh yeah, it stimulates all the senses and and uh, you know the the kids were just all struck and uh, just made made education so easy. And that's not well, you know about, as I can Tim knows middle school education is not always easy, and this was this was easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm I'm a little bit familiar with that because I've I've been uh, uh, I've been a substitute teacher and uh, my wife is currently she's been teaching for the last uh, oh, the last eight or nine years and uh, she's doing uh, special ed now but she's done all of the grades and uh, and teaching can be a really uh, a really tricky a really difficult thing it's not uh, I don't think I, I think the majority of Americans don't understand. They have no actual understanding of what goes yes, on I, in the classroom. I think the misconception as as about the classroom—you just go in there and you go in there and teach. I mean, you have to have stimulating lesson plans, and they were brought by the Appleseed Project. And with that, the education is hands-on, active, and again, it's just stimulating. You just don't go in the classroom and, and start teaching about the American Revolution. It's—I wish it was that easy. But well, you had not. the reenactor come in, and he gave his his uh, uh, demonstrations. You have the lady with the flags. Now, uh, at some point, you guys actually had the kids uh, hands-on with the rifles and shooting, right? Yes, sir. Okay. And you know, uh, they got to look. They got to actually hold pistols, rifles, looked at the various components, how they are different, and. Uh, Obviously, the safety features, how to, how to best deal with each rifle or pistol. And, uh, that, again, that brought history alive. They they want to know. They're stimulated. They have it in their hands. And, uh, well, that is, that is one of the most important parts, I think, of this of this whole thing. Because being an Appleseed instructor, I know that one of the things that, that we, don't, uh, we don't toot our own horn about that much, but I can tell you is one of the most important components of our program is – the fact that people that come to an apple seed, they get two days, they get a rock-solid foundation in rifle safety, firearm safety. And this is something that, with the two days of it, it's something that is going to, uh, for most people, will carry on hopefully through their whole lives. And the difference between a, a child who has been instructed in how to safely handle a firearm, how to, how to Determine if uh, if a firearm is loaded or unloaded, the safety's on. If it's off, uh, you know the if they've been taught the safety rules for uh, for rifle safety, that is uh, and it, it can be a life and death difference because well, it, the, it's the kids that have the yeah the kids that have the training that have the instruction are so much less likely to uh, to to unsafely handle a firearm than, uh, than than kids who have no instruction in it whatsoever. Uh, I, I know Kim yes, told sir. me that you're going to have to bust off in just a second, so uh, so I'd like to give you the last couple of minutes here so you can uh, you can get out any any last bit of stuff. And I'd like you to include one thing, which is uh, if you were going to tell some other teacher who would be interested in this, who says, you know what, this sounds like great. I'd like to do it. I'd like to, to take this to my school. Can you can you give us a uh, like a primer on how that uh how that instructor, how that teacher can take this to the school to get it approved? 
<clears throat> I know well, it would have to be a general one because every school is different, but, uh, but can you give us just a quick idea on how to get started? Get started by approaching it from the history first. You're doing the history, and then you're doing firearm safety, and then you're doing the firearm firing, the actual hands-on experience. But you always want to approach it from the classroom level. You're doing the history aspect, then you do the safety aspect, and then you're doing the hands-on live fire. Um, if you treat a tool as something that is evil and scary, it is going to be used in evil and scary ways. If you treat a tool in the way that it's, it's supposed to be used, in our manner and our history, and you understand the heritage and the history of that tool, it will be used in appropriate ways. And again, a firearm is an inanimate object, and it's the person behind the trigger that causes problems, not the, not the tool. Right. And uh, what about, uh, how did this look like? It seems like you guys are really happy with this. I know I'm happy with it. Does it look like uh, like this might be something that might be a regular feature at your school? We are certainly trying to. I was ecstatic with everything that went on. I know Jeff was. I know our admin was. Today at the presentation, we actually had our superintendent come in and check out the presentations, and he was he was very happy with it. The outpouring of community support was amazing. So hopefully, yes, we can turn this into an annual event, make it bigger, maybe next time include the high school, and it would be outstanding if we can get something started in our neighborhood. Excellent. Excellent. Well, is there anything else you want to get out? Like I said, I know that I know you got to go for another meeting. I'd like to I'd like to keep you on for a little bit longer, but uh, we'd also maybe you can come back again uh, in a little while once you guys uh, once the dust has settled from this and uh, and give us an update on it. I'd love to come back sometime, but yes, I do have to go. Ironically, I have a meeting with a British brass band while we're talking about the Revolutionary War. I am a music teacher, um, but Jeff, I'm sure he can stay on for a while, and he'd love to answer your questions and chit-chat with you all. All right. Listen, Mr. Baird, I want to tell you how much I appreciate uh, what you're doing, but not for Appleseed, but what you're doing for your kids. Uh, a lot of times uh, our teachers uh, are not given – the uh they're not given the respect that they deserve and and honestly some of them don't deserve respect but there are a lot of them that do a lot of teachers that go out of their way to try and make sure that each of their students get something special they get something special that's going to that's going to help them be prepared for the rest of their life and and even more so hopefully will will somehow supercharge them and make them unique individuals, uh, and I think you're one of those teachers, and I think you did a great job on this. I want to tell you how much well, I appreciate thank that. thank you very much. I, I appreciate all of it, but I would like to say that it would not have been possible without Jim and Kim and Project Appleseed and all the adjunct folks they brought out as well. They did an excellent job, and proud to support them, and anything I can do, they just let me know. Well, I... I appreciate it, too. And Jim and Kim, they're going to be on for a little while, so I'm going to be able to bang on their drums for in a few minutes. So, <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you, Mr. Baird. Uh, God bless thank you, you, and best of luck to you. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, Kim. Uh, Bye-bye. And uh, Mr. Oswald, are you staying on with us? Yeah, I have about another five minutes here before I have to take my daughter to another place. But All right. Well, what about uh, – what about you? If you were going to do answer the same question, if you're going to give uh, uh, teaching staff uh, that that were interested in doing the same thing, if you're going to give them some pointers on this, what would you tell them? How would you tell them to prepare to to present it to uh, to the admins, 
things that they can do to to try and make it transition smoothly from the idea to the actual in-class presentation? I think initially, obviously, as Tim mentioned previously, you're going to have to focus on the uh, history element and then uh, transition to uh, rifle, or I should say gun safety would probably be more appropriate. And, uh, you know, how, how important it is in our students' lives is we're trying to create lifelong learners. And I think this program creates those lifelong learners by um, assuming their, their minds. Um, but, but I would say this, I'd love to have, I think the best way to go about this would be if uh, Jim and Kim would, I'd be willing to get my, my email address and then have any any educators out there that wanted to uh, best talk about how to implement this program in their school, I'd love to have a chat with them. And also I'll give Jim and Kim my phone number, and I think that would probably be a, a very uh, positive avenue that would be to go perfect. down. That would be perfect. So any of you guys who are listening, any of you, uh, the uh, school staff, teachers, administrators, whatsoever, any of you guys that are listening to this and saying, you know what, this might be this might be something that we can do. If you'll contact me, you can contact me through the show or through the FC Project Forum. You can contact me through my email. Uh, and I'll put you in touch with uh, Jim and Kim, and then they will link you guys up to, uh, to Mr. Baird and Mr. Oswald. And uh, they can help uh, walk you through the uh, the process of maybe getting this going in your school. Mr. Oswald, thank you so much for uh, for giving us the time and, and coming on and speaking and also for helping me set this up. I think it was fantastic. I think that your kids are really going to benefit from this. And, uh, and well, God bless and keep you guys. I couldn't agree more. And, again, thanks to uh, Jim and Kim and Project Appleseed. I, I can't say how wonderful the program was. And, uh, again, thank you. And, uh, any listeners out there that want to contact Tim or I, uh, feel free to do so. I think this program is uh, very important and probably crucial to uh, many students' education. So, anyway, feel free to contact us and have a great night, everybody. All right. All right, Jeff. All right, thank thank you. you, sir. All right, bye-bye. Okay. Uh, man, that was if – if, if there were guys like that in every school – uh, uh, you know, the, our, our nation would be a different nation. I don't know any other way to say it. It just it would be. And uh, but here's the other part of the equation. It couldn't do it without the other side. And the other side is uh, Kim and Jim Heath. Now you guys have been you guys have been doing a lot of stuff lately. This isn't like some like like y'all's first uh, kind of rodeo. You guys have been doing a lot of stuff lately. You've been working with uh, the uh, uh, self-reliance community. You guys have been going around the uh, going around the nation, putting on events uh, for Appleseed at the uh, different expos and stuff, and uh, and teaching about Appleseed. In addition to this, you guys uh, teach uh, regular. Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Events, more normally in Colorado, but I know you guys do uh, other places too. And then uh, you guys uh, recently did a great job with uh, Michael Bain and Downrange TV uh, putting putting together an episode for Mr. Bain's Downrange TV program that covered the Appleseed Project. So uh, this is uh, – I, I, I want to tell how, tell folks how much I appreciate this, but I want to make them know too that this isn't like uh, this isn't like something new for me. Appreciating you guys isn't something new for me. I mean, I'm I'm getting really used to doing it. So thanks for uh, the work you guys did on this. Well, thank you. 
How about if we, uh, Kim, all I did was stand up and do the teaching um, or parts of it and, and keep things moving. But Kim is the one who really did all the organization. And if you know us, you understand that that's absolutely true. Um, <laughs> anyway, we let her absolutely. go into I let her go into what uh, what went into uh, getting this set up. And then after she's done with that, maybe I'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, how it was done. But uh, she might talk also about what was done. Okay, Kim, that sounds great. Lead us through. Uh, okay. Lead us through the other side of this about how uh, how you guys uh, set up the other section of this. Uh, Mr. Baird and Mr. Oswald did the school section, but you guys had to liaison with them and actually uh, set up the actual event. Uh, walk us through it and tell us how this this came about. Okay, um, back last fall, Tim Baird sent an email to us and said he had an idea about um, Second Amendment history of firearms and taking the kids shooting. And would we be interested in, in doing something during their week before sc- uh, spring break? And Jim and I talked about it for about six seconds and got back to him and said, yes, we'll do it. We'll figure it out. And that was last fall, and we stayed in contact with him. I sent him the link to the homeschool shoot we did with 143 students just to show him that um, kind of what they had in store for them and and handling large amounts of people. And then we told him, in January, we'll get back in contact with you and we'll start planning this and actually putting it together, which we did in January. Um, He was looking for a range and found one um, that was an indoor range, 10 lanes, half the lanes had to be left open for the, the members, and we just told him that will not work. So we contacted a range that we do apple seeds at, which is River's Edge Outdoors, a little bit east of Pueblo. And Brad, the owner, said, absolutely, we'll close the range. It's yours for the day. We'll waive the fees. You are welcome to be there. And so he opened his arms for that. We had talked with Fred. Fred said he would waive the fees for this one. And um, so there was no apple seed fee charged to the students. So we started planning. I started contacting um, reenactors that we knew of, fife and drum groups, and it was really difficult because it was the middle of the week. Fife and dr- drum groups were available only on the weekend. Um, a reenactor group, only one person was available to show up. And he had come to a couple of our Appleseed events in the past to explain you know, his clothing and his, um, everything that he was wearing and using and, and what his role was in the, in the Revolutionary War. So we were familiar with him. In fact, his first time doing a public publicly was last year at a um, Patriot shoot we had done. And so um, he was pretty excited to be involved. And we told him, we finally met a whole group of instructors and Ann McComber, who is with Constitutional Champions Camp, and and I don't know if you know about that, and this reenactor, Rick Kalishaw. We met for pie and we discussed what we were going to be doing, just rough drafting it, just several weeks ago. Anne McComber and the Constitutional Champions Camp, this year will be the third year that Appleseed will be at their camp. It's for second through sixth graders here in Colorado Springs. They're actually done all over the nation. And we take our pellet line, and we do it outdoors for all their students. And they they are insisting on expanding it to 15 students every 20 minutes on the pellet line, and they're buying the extra rifles to do that. So we asked if they would be involved because we're helping them out and we knew what they were doing. A lot of our Appleseed instructors go to that Constitutional Champions Camp and tell our stories, our strikes. So we're very involved with each other. So Anne agreed to be with us. 
So what happened? Um, on Monday, we told the reenactor that what we're going to do is we're going to break up what he's doing so it's not a lecture for hours. And so he would do a piece, and then we'd do it an activity, and then we'd do a piece, and then it might be an apple seed story. And so we kind of interspersed it through the day just to keep it interesting, interesting for the students. He talked about his role in the Revolutionary War and everything he was wearing, and he had several um, firearms with him, which he went over. They went outside and got to make, make noise and smoke several times, I guess. I stayed in and watched all the rifles that were left in the school. And... Um, they also got to cast bullets and make cartridges. So Jim had rigged up a way to melt wax, and the kids were able to cast bullets and put them into cartridges, and they were explained that that's what the Revolutionary War kids had a duty to do. And um, we just continued on with our stories. And I think that pretty much wraps up Monday. On Tuesday, we started off with safety. And Jim discussed in um, Colorado Boots, who's one of our instructors, they discussed the NRA rules and Jeff Cooper's rules and the Appleseed rules and what the similarities were and that they were just different wording on, with the same rules, basically. And so that was really stressed. And another one of our instructors, Franktown Kid, he brought in a bunch of the modern rifles and modern pistols and revolvers and went through those and their function and such. Then Ann McComber came in. And she was also dressed in Revolutionary War clothing. Most of us were on Monday, not on Tuesday. But she came in, and she talked about the, the symbolism of the flags. And we had several up in the room, and she talked about those and about you know, the eagle and common sense and some of the symbols of our, our country and kind of played a, a logic-matching game with the kids so that they would understand more about them. And then she had brought some muslin cloth cut in squares, and she asked the kids to think about a symbol that was important to them in their lives and to make their flag. So the kids were able to make flags, and they pretty much blew us away with what they came up with. Some were, you know, sports was their life, some were family. Um, several got up and, and talked about their faith, which just blew us away, um, and about leadership and just different things that were important in their lives. So really an outstanding activity. And then the day ended with um, going over the apple seed rules again. And I'm trying to think if we did anything else. Um, we went out on Wednesday. The, the bus showed up with 29 students. And a couple of parents came, and they had rifles for their kids, and they came to help us out. We had um, the president of the Colorado Second Amendment Association come down from Denver just to help us out. And um, the school security officer came to help. And um, we went into the safety, of course, and just started our normal apple seed. Um, we had a really truncated time, started about 9.15, 9.30 when they showed up, and then they had to leave by 2.45. So um, we didn't push a lot. We got through, you know, prone in the six steps. And then they got to do some fun cookie shoots, which everyone has a lot of fun shooting cookies and crackers. And that, <laughs> yeah. I think, and I, excuse me? I was just laughing. I said, that's, you know, I, everybody does love that. Yeah, everyone loves that. So it ended on a very high note, and I think that's about how the days went. Did I miss anything, Jim? That was good enough, yes. You did well. Oh, it also talked about the Bill of Rights and the, uh, the 
the Constitution. And uh, Frank Dunn Kidd on Tuesday also did a piece on the Declaration of Independence, kind of breaking it down and putting it into our words and explaining it. And the kids researched the signers of the Declaration, and they presented what they um, had found out about their person. So that was another aspect that was thrown into Tuesday. Um, Thursday, today, um, each of the groups that, you know, there was a gardening group and a group that did sign language and a group that made little boats to float on water and one did exercise and nutrition. This, they all had to do a presentation. Um, parents were welcome. Didn't see a lot of parents there, but all the kids rotated between the different rooms. And we were really impressed with what our kids came up with. They had a bunch of posters, and they had constitutions on them and, and uh, safety rules written out and pieces on the, um, our history that we told. There was a group of girls. They were actually telling some of the strikes to the other students that were circulating through the room and having them make flags on um, pieces of tissue paper because uh, that with something on it was important to them. Um, there was a small group of kids that reenacted um, Tim Murphy shot and um, Sam Whittemore, which was quite comical. And so it was really impressive what they came up with. And there was a, a, a big slideshow presentation that was done. We did meet the superintendent and a couple of the board members briefly, and they just um, pretty much just raved about what went on. They were very, very pleased. Wow. You know, you, you mentioned a little bit earlier that uh, – uh, well, throughout the whole thing, throughout this whole thing, I think one of the best things that you guys did was you you kept them engaged. They always had their hands on something. They were all they they always had. They, it doesn't sound like very uh, for the most part that they were unless they were getting instruction or some history or something that they were just sitting there as observers. They they were actively engaged, especially like uh, the the part where you had the the kids casting their own bullets out of wax and then uh, then using the coffee grounds as gunpowder and rolling up their own cartridges. I bet they loved that. Yeah, that was the what the kids were most excited about, surprisingly, other than the shooting. Um, they just thought that was a lot of fun. And uh, I, I came up with it as a, almost uh, casting the bullet parts anyway, almost as a, a filler. And it ended up that that's that and making the cartridges with those cast bullets um, was a big hit for them. We found that well, and the, and kind of like kind of like uh, it an gonna, speed. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say kind that of, the uh, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say kind of like at an apple seed, if you spend more than about fifteen twenty minutes talking, you lose them. You lose and, them. Yep. And once you've lost them, them, they gotta, you, you gotta to have them doing something. You gotta have them doing something. Unless you're doing the history during lunch, if you if you don't, I try and chop up the instruction so that they get a little bit of instruction and then they immediately go and apply it. Because you know, it doesn't matter. Everybody has a limited. Uh, they they have a limited uh, gigabytes of uh, you know of that uh, of that memory that they need to put it into action. Uh, you know, as soon as you, as soon as you tell them about it, the other part that I really like, and I wish I, I wish I could see some of the examples, was when you guys had them make their own flags. I mean, that, uh, to me, that is 
That is pretty amazing. Scout, yeah. every, every one of uh, them who... Go ahead. I was going to say, every one of them who participated, and all of them participated, um, put a lot of thought into it. Um, some of them were a simple design, and some of them were uh, pretty uh, elaborate. But all of them put thought in it and about how... Um, what was, what were the important symbols in their lives? And uh, I don't know if, if uh, what we will do is on the forum, uh, we'll put up an after action report, and we've got lots of um, pictures, lots and lots of pictures. Uh, you know, the, the one that Kim kind of glossed over it, but it was hilarious. These four boys were in a hallway reenacting Sam Whittemore uh, getting bayoneted. Or with Tim Murphy shooting <laughs> shooting General Frazier. It was hilarious. And they were just having this grand old time. And they came up with it all by themselves. And they got the story exactly right. You know, they were they were had Sam on the ground and they were crying around him and, you know, carrying him to the doctor. And it was it was one of the greatest things I've seen kids do. So Kim kinda of shorted that. All of them did great work. That that I thought that was hilarious. And I have video of it. So if it came out, I haven't we haven't looked at anything yet. We just got home a few hours ago from this, um, and we're well, pretty I mean, tired. But if, I, if, if, if the video works, I'll put it up on the website. That, that sounds great. Now, I mean, if you uh, if you just listen to you say that, it might sound kind of weird, but if you understand the story of uh, of, of uh, Whittemore and the things that went on, then. And you understand it's not strange to have a bunch of kids standing around bayoneting each other. It's part of the part of the history. <laughs> Did you yeah. guys take photos of the uh, flags that they made? Somebody, somebody wants your attention, Scout. I'm sorry. Who is it? This is Sam, Scout. Hey, uh, we Sam. have another lady who was at the event that wanted to get on and uh, make a couple comments about it. She oh, no. had some kind of news to put on there. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put on. Go ahead, bring her, bring her okay. on. Yeah. Who is it? Betty. It's Hi, Betty. guys. Long time no <laughs> see. Hi. So can you give her an introduction, uh, Jim or Kim? Yeah. Um, her forum name is Colorado Boots. We affectionately call her Betty. No, she doesn't. She goes by Elizabeth, but I'm just being mean. Um, oh, is one of our red hats here in Colorado. And is a great storyteller. Um, in fact, she is the one who got the two news stations to come out and uh, do the stories on it. Um, so there, there are two channels in southern Colorado uh, that came out, two uh, TV stations. And, uh, yeah. So anyway, Elizabeth, good to hear from you. Hi. I think you're Jim Heat, right? I don't know if you saw the news. The news channel did kind of get your name wrong, but that's okay. Sorry. Um, Yeah, this was so fabulous because the kids really bought into the whole program. Because they self-selected to take this class, they had some interest. I think we surveyed them. Most of them had been hunting or had been around firearms. I think two or three of the kids, it was their first time to shoot a real firearm. Um. I'm watching the social media. KRDO's had over a thousand likes on their story on their Facebook page. Uh, I think it was just posted. The NRA's picked this up. 
Townhall.com has picked it up. Uh, if I'm on their mailing list, they got a, a link because that's what I did today <laughs> was send links. I did, to, Elizabeth, I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So I think enough. I think the more we get it out there, they they couldn't ignore it forever. And um, I still the, my standard reaction when I tell people what we did this week was, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. The best is what that patient said. And uh, what what what? Oh yeah, my my friend said, "Oh yeah, you were shooting at a school." I said, "No, it wasn't really exactly like that. We took the school shooting." <laughs> and um, I've also gotten some really good feedback from some of our state legislators. I know Vicki Marble was impressed, and she's a senator. And Ted Harvey was impressed. Uh, this is a light of hope for people who have been fighting the Pop-Tarts or evil uh, rigmarole if it's in the shape of a triangle. A kid was just expelled for a pocket knife. So I want him to know that all is not lost. Yep, and they let us bring in uh, working firearms. Um, We brought an M1. We brought uh, some lever action Lever action rifle, bolt action, 1022, a 1911, uh, Smith and Wesson, uh, a Colt uh, single action. We had over, uh, 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 let's see, a match lock, a flint lock, a percussion cap. They let us bring in anything we wanted, uh, and we assured them they were safe and we didn't have any ammunition for those rifles. But we brought in ammunition for different calibers that we didn't have there. And in some of the displays that the the students put together, they, well, first off, we, we gave them all Appleseed shirts, of course, and in the school, a lot of the students, a lot of in our, who were in our group, they were wearing their Appleseed shirts with the rifles on the back, and wow. on their displays, they had cartridges, either empty or um, some of the kids on the range found some bullets that would fit inside the, the empty cases, and so they put those on their, on their display. And it's just an amazing thing. Then we went out and we shot. Um, we shot 22s, uh, but some of us instructors. Um, we had a couple of M1s and some AR-15, and we let the kids shoot those. Um, and so it's really just kind of an amazing thing that uh, Tim was able to put this whole thing together. You know, we took the uh, Appleseed took the opportunity, and, and we were ready to run with it, but... Um, you know, he's the one who approached us. He's the one who fought all the hurdles. All we did was uh, was the instruction. Well, to the you know, you you have so much information uh, going around, so many stories going around about the uh, the mania, the anti-gun mania in schools, the zero tolerance policies. The uh, you know, everybody's heard about the the kids uh, that are getting thrown out of the uh, elementary schools for biting their Pop-Tarts into the shape of a pistol or for using their index finger and thumb and making a, uh, making a, like a gun shape and going bang, and that gets them thrown out. Or kids that, uh, that wear a shirt that might have a picture of a rifle on it. Or, heck, what was the one the other day? There was a birthday cake that had some soldiers on it. I think it was for... Uh, 
for somebody's uh, father or something, and they made them take it off because the the little plastic toy soldiers had guns on them. So the so you have that to contrast to this because uh, you know a lot of people think that that's how all schools are now that they've got this crazy zero tolerance. Now they don't, but a lot of them are moving that way, and we we've got to do as much as we can to to somehow fight back against this. When I say fight back, I, don't, I, I certainly don't mean anything violent. I just mean to use education as a tool to try and uh, to try and buffer this the mania and the fear, the the environment of fear that we're living in. You know, whenever he said uh, that he had some kids that saw, I, I couldn't tell if he said a pen, like a 50 caliber pen, he had a cartridge or what it was yeah. that the kids saw. Well, yeah, to me, has, I mean, uh, so a lot of people that... Uh, he has a pen made out of a 50 caliber shell, and then his 308 pen was actually pretty cool. It's made out of a 308 shell, and the way you extend uh, the, the ink cartridge to write, it was actually a bolt action. And so it was a bolt action 308 pen that uh, he had on his desk. Well, you know, a lot of schools, that would be enough to get you uh, thrown out or fired or anything else. So uh, I thought that was pretty, pretty amazing. So the kids all got to now. Let me ask you this: uh, the kids that number one, you said they had to to self-elect to attend the course, right? Yes. Okay. Now, of the the kids that decided to, to uh, attend the course, how many of them uh, do you think had uh, prior uh, experience with uh, firearms? Oh, if I'm, I'll make a guess at two thirds. And then people can say I'm wrong. Okay, so I but, guess about two thirds. Okay, but That's suffice right. to say, like at a minimum, there was uh, there were a third of the uh, of the students who attended who had no previous uh, introduction, no no previous experience with firearms. So, so that I think is uh, that's the whole point of doing this is uh, is making sure that that we're reaching. A lot of these kids that they, they don't, they've never come into contact with firearms. They don't have any uh, any experience with them. They don't know what uh, what to do, how to safely uh, handle or or to safely uh, what how they should conduct themselves with a firearm. I think that is I think that is one of the best parts of this. And how many kids would you say that uh, that went through the course? There were 28 kids who went shooting with us. There were, I believe, 34 who uh, were there Monday, and we lost a couple Tuesday, and there were some, um, uh, again, some uh, 28, I, 28 or 9 who ended up going shooting with us. Wow. That is, that's fantastic. <clears throat> uh, and, Elizabeth, you did the... Yeah. You did the liaison with the with the local news, right? Correct. What was their take on this? Because I mean, it, it, it certainly the the post that they had on the social media was not. It didn't appear to me to, to have an anti-gun bias to it. I, I didn't I didn't see the clip 
or, or, or read anything further, but just the post that they had didn't seem to have an anti-gun bias. What was the media's take on it? Well, I had to spend a few minutes explaining to the newsroom what a big deal this was. It was like we're bringing real guns into a school and we're going to demonstrate how they work. Then we're going to take the children to a place where they can shoot real guns as part of their public school education. And they were like, so, so you can't just normally do this. I said, people are being expelled from school every day for a pocket knife or a T-shirt. No, this is an, a national event. This is epic. And once I explained it that way and gave them some examples of what's going on in other states, they got it enough, and I think when they delivered the story to the newsroom, somebody in there said, yeah, this is a big deal, let's go. And they sent their cameras out um, down to uh, Avondale at the range and uh, picked up the story. But it was interesting that they, they just didn't understand what a big deal this was, what an awesome job the teachers did at convincing the administration to allow us to be there and how much trust seems, went in. That seems strange to me because I would have thought that, of course, you know, when, when if you're not living in a state, I'm, I'm not living there with you guys in Colorado, so it's, a, it's the same way that I used to think about New York before I was familiar with it. Everybody in New York was pale, they wore a leather jacket, they said, hey, use guys, they had a cigarette hanging out of the corner of their mouth, uh, because I just believed everybody, you know, lived in New York City. The same thing as recently, you know, is happening in Colorado, because you've got so many folks in Colorado that have become so uh, vocally anti-gun uh, that you think that <clears throat> that the whole state is somehow up in arms and anti-gun, and that <clears throat> the media would immediately latch onto this and start freaking out, but you're saying they didn't do that. They didn't freak out at all, which was terrific, and I thought they did an excellent job covering it. And uh, when Town Hall News covered this, they talked about uh, the students, quote, was the money shot, because the students in the class talked about how it's important for children to under, uh, respect firearms, understand them, be safe. And I, I'm so proud of these kids because they really seem to have gotten it. And really that's why we were there. We wanted them to get it. We wanted them to know the history. We want them to be safe. And I think they uh, came away with that uh, knowledge, and that's more than we could have asked for. But the news has gotten – I've looked at all the social media as I track comments. It's actually been pretty pop popular. And uh, – Nice to see for a change. Right, and the like I was saying earlier, I looked at the on the social media post that you guys uh, uh, you didn't put it up. The news station put it up, and they were asking their readers what they thought about it. Now, I, now I'm guessing if if it's the news station, then it, then everybody's seeing it. So if everybody's seeing it, that means everybody has the equal opportunity to comment. If you go through that, there's, I don't know how many, I haven't looked at it in a while, but there was, you know, four or five dozen comments so far. And I only saw one or two that were negative. Yeah, there's about, there's over 550 comments, and about one in 100 is negative. 
Okay. I've got it. I just pulled it up. It's 1,129 comments because it was the question of the day. So, no, 1,129 wow. likes. That's a lot of likes. Well, when I was reading through it earlier, there wasn't nearly that many. I guess it must have been right if they posted it. But when I was reading through it this earlier, is good. It, it was there was only one or two folks that that had anything negative to say. The rest, everybody was for it, and, and I believe it. It also included quite a few of the the parents of kids who had gone, who their kids had gone through it. Uh, everybody was supportive of it. And uh, to me, that that just that that made me feel really good because the because of the vast majority of people were not freaking out about it. They were not saying this is crazy. This is you know it's going to the beginning of a bloodbath. Uh, you know blah blah blah. Everybody was saying uh, and with a pretty uh, you know a pretty a pretty good uh, take on it that. They think that this is the the key to it, and I think it is too. The key is education. It's always going to be education. Showing the kids how to safely and correctly handle a firearm. Uh, I posted on there. Uh, I don't remember what it was, so, but I said that uh, that the the firearms themselves, you know, they're they teaching someone to use a firearm does not automatically imbue them with any kind of uh, evil intent. They either have it already or they don't. Uh, and why would you, why would you refuse to teach your kids about uh, not playing with matches or lighters or anything because you were, you'd be afraid that they would burn the house down? It's the exact opposite. You want to teach children about firearm safety so that they'll know how to handle themselves. They'll know how to handle a firearm safely. And it just seems like common sense to me. And it looks to me like the the outstanding majority of people who answered it think the same thing. Absolutely. Uh, we got. I'm going to bring somebody else on real quick. This is one of our instructors up in Alaska. You guys might know him, uh, Jimmy Kim at uh, Fisher Dog. He's been on the show before. He said he wants to add something because I guess he has some experience with something school related here. I'm going to bring him on with us. Hey, Fisher Dog, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Scout. How have you been? I'm doing fine. How about yourself? Oh, very good. A huge pat on the back to Kim and Jim for everything they do for the program in our country. That's that's exciting stuff. I happened to check my email about an hour ago and saw the topic, though, and thought I might call in because I had a little something happen today. I lined up a Liberty Seed for four JROTC classes at a local high school. You've got one. You've got one lined up now with them. Yep, we print today. Well, that's great. You know, the that's a program that we've been working on for quite a while. Is the Liberty Seeds? And I know that a lot of people have been doing it. Been doing it. Jim and Kim have been doing it. There have been a lot of people around the country that have been doing it. I was doing it uh, uh, before it was ever a Liberty Seed, just because I had kids in school. And so I always went to the school, and uh, I was invited there to talk about the Revolutionary War when my kids were going through that section of the history. And uh, I got, uh, I remember at one point I had, uh, I guess, about 150 or so kids 
and uh, and one of the last ones that I did. And these were all uh, uh, elementary school kids, and uh, and I gave them the I guess it was about a 45 minute discussion on it. But the the funniest part of that whole thing is that they were all required by their teachers to write me a letter uh, after the class, and uh, and the letters the letters uh, are pretty much uh, they're they're pretty hilarious. A lot of them. Uh, I think I've read them before on, on this station, but the but the kids really enjoyed it, and they enjoyed the. Uh, matter of fact, I had the same experience, Jim, with the cartridges because I have a bunch of cartridges that are either made up or you know I've got them all in the different stages. I've got the cast bullets, I've got the uh, the open cartridges, and then I've got the finished cartridges, which are they're made with uh, papers out of old hymnals. And they're rolled up and tied with thread. Uh, and the kids, anytime you can put something in their hands, and you, you've got them hooked. You know, anytime you can put, like, uh, the physical pieces of, uh, of the history in their hands, you've got, you've got them hooked. Uh, what, uh, but this is the Liberty Seeds don't have a firearms component, Okay which is, you know, which makes them easier to get in. But the idea of actually uh, transitioning to instruction with firearms is a really important phase for this. When, you've been, when you teach the ROTC, uh, the Liberty Seed, uh, are the ROTC guys... Uh, They've already been doing some shooting, right, or JROTC? Well, they have, and uh, they're going to have a summer camp. My daughter went for the first time last year. She's a freshman this year. And they had, they had an afternoon air, air rifle from the standing position, and I'm going to go up and help with that uh, this next July. I didn't know they had that component. And I've talked with the uh, NCO who uh, does that for them, and he was very eager to have, have me come up. I may bring one other instructor with me. And then we'll run relays through and, and do a bit of standing air rifle and promote apple seed at the same time. So well, my, my daughter's phone is a, a crack shot in the group, and because she's had some instruction, she's been to a few apple seeds. She hasn't cut her patch just yet, but she's knocking on the door. Well, that sounds great. Listen, I want to tell you guys that uh, while I was when I was doing the, uh, uh, I, I had a history. Uh, uh, episode scheduled for this. So whenever I whenever I talked to uh, Jim and Kim earlier today, I switched gears and uh, and reloaded a show for for this cool program because I think it's very important that we talk about this now because uh, I was talking to Jim about this earlier today. There, while there's probably not enough time for uh, for folks to talk to their schools and get something going before the school ends for the summer. There is enough time because the, the naturally this is, this is probably going to take a little while to work out all the, the details and stuff if it's, you know, if you haven't already started. There is enough time for you to go now to the schools and approach some of the schools or put some feelers out to find out if this is something that you can get on the schedule for next year. It's probably going to have to, it's probably going to take a few, at least uh, 
at least four or five months, I would imagine, at least over the summer, to get this geared up and in. Kim, you said that you guys had started on it uh, last semester, right, before uh, before the Christmas break. Yes, it was, I think it was around October that we really okay. didn't start planning it. Um, and and um, Tim had been working on it, he said, um, tonight on about a year. And he mm-hmm. we made the contact in October, and then we started actually planning it in January, just trying to line people up. All right, so oh, that means that... Uh, go ahead. I'll certainly be planting some seeds in that regard. Next week, uh, the uh, NCO instructor for the ROTCs already referred me to one of the history teachers over there, and both my kids have had him before I know him. So we'll, well, that's we'll keep making inroads and, and work towards it. Yeah. It's used, it's used the Liberty Seed as a stepping stone uh, to actually getting a, uh, a program where the, where the kids can uh, physically handle the rifles, learn about the rifle safety, gun safety, and then, uh, and then actually get them out and shooting, so use that as a as a stepping stone to do it. But but use this use the the information and stuff that you got for tonight to start approaching uh, the schools. And you can do it kind of like the way that you do for the Liberty Seeds, or like I did for the for the the talks I gave to the schools. Is I just told my kid that said, ask your history teacher if she wants me to come in and and talk about the American Revolutionary War. And they did. Yeah. And then uh, the teachers, I, you know, said, hey, yeah, that sounds great. And I called and talked to them. And they said, oh, yeah, we'd love to have you do it. And then uh, uh, and then I ended up, uh, by, the time, by the time they were all leaving elementary school, it got to be a fairly big thing where I would do sometimes uh, several, uh, two or three classes out of each grade at the same time. So I'd have like, you know, six or seven groups of uh, 30 kids or more. Oh, and so you use that, use that to, get, to get the ball rolling and then see if you can't, uh, if you can't approach it in this fashion. And like uh, Mr. Oswald and Mr. Baird said earlier, if, uh, if there are any of the the instructors or school staff or anybody that would like to to try this at their school and you would like uh, uh, a little bit of assistance from somebody who's already gone through it, you can contact me and I'll put you in touch with Jim and Kim and then they will get you together with Mr. Oswald and Mr. Baird and uh, you guys can brainstorm about how to bring it to your school. And uh, well, we'll, be, we'll definitely take them up on that, Scout. Okay. So, okay. Well, you know Kim and you know Kim and Jim. You can you can directly contact oh, yeah. Kim and Jim. Yeah. <laughs> Scout. What did you want to say? Something? Yeah. Go ahead. Of course I do. Hey, you know <laughs> one of the things that uh, is interesting is we did the Self Reliance Expo because one of our instructors asked them if we could get a table, and then they said, "Sure." Eventually, it took a little bit of effort. And they said, sure, you know, we, uh, you can have a table. And then they asked us to bring the pellet gun line. We didn't know any way, didn't have any clue how to. Was that me? I can hear you, Scout. I think we lost uh, Jim. We lost Jim. Yep. Okay. 
Okay. Well, go, okay. Kim, you go ahead and take up. You go ahead and take up for where he was at. He was uh, hey, guys, I'm going to have to drop off. I'm sorry. Great talking to you, and I'll be in touch on this. Thank you. Okay. Take care, brother. Uh, I'm sure he'll he'll call back in when he does. Uh, I'll just watch the switchboard, and I'll pop him right back in. Or if I don't see him, uh, see him, just uh, directly connect him back in as soon as he comes back in. But he was talking about the method that you guys use to get uh, uh, the air guns in, Kim. Right. I don't know where he was going with that, so I can't complete his thought. <laughs> I'm going to look into it. I'm back. Okay, I'm back. That, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know what happened there. So you were talking about the air gun. Now, I wasn't sure if you were talking about for the expo or where you were where you were going with it. Well, my phone is acting. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, gotcha. Oh, okay. My phone is just dialing numbers randomly here. Anyway, where I was going with that is they asked us to do it. We didn't know what we were doing, but we said, sure, we'll do that. And... Um, Tim called us and said, you know, can you help us do that? And he said, sure. We didn't know how to do it. We didn't know how to fill three full days of content. But we made ourselves available. Uh, one of the things that uh, we're doing this weekend that we haven't talked to anybody except Fred about, is we're do- uh, but it's close enough now, is we're doing a shoot at the Air Force Academy on Saturday. And the reason we're doing that is they called us and said, can you do a shoot? And we said, yes, we can do that. So my point is, if you make yourself available, it's kind of like, uh, you know, things will happen. There's nothing special about us except we said, we have never said no to anybody. Um, kind of like Elizabeth and the news station. She called them up. And if she hadn't called them up, we wouldn't have been on the news. But she made herself available. Uh, um, I believe her and Kim talked, but I don't remember exactly what happened because I don't keep track of those things. But... Um, Elizabeth called the news station and just told us what we were about, told them what we were about. And so we got on the news. Um, you know, if you just, uh, my, the point is, all we do is we make ourselves available. We just do, you know, even if we don't know how to do it, we say, yeah, we'll figure that out. And, uh, you know, they don't know any better anyway. So even if, if we think it didn't go great, and fortunately everything has, you know, we put ourselves out there and, you just say, yep, if you give us an opportunity, we will somehow figure out how to do that. That was my point. Well, and you're absolutely right, because uh, I keep trying to tell people uh, that it's not as difficult as they think that it is to get to get involved with uh, the media or, you know, heck, I get... I, when I first started doing the radio shows and contacting different uh, guests or celebrities stuff like that, I thought, man, how am I ever gonna, how am I ever gonna get anybody to listen to me or, or say yes or anything else? And I was very surprised. It's not that hard if you, uh, you know, if you contact the the media or the uh, the people that you want to talk to and you speak to them honestly and let them know what you're doing, why you're doing it. They're, most of the folks are more than willing to talk to you. They're more than willing to to help out, and and it's not as hard as you think it is. Now, when you say you guys are willing to say yes or you're not saying no, that is, I, I think that's probably the biggest part of making it happen. 
because of you know, doubt, because a lot of people scout. are already telling themselves no before they even get started. Yep. Scout, I have another. I, I was going to have another example, and I forgot it, so I'm going to throw it in there. When we okay. did the shooting gallery show, the reason that Kim and I and um, the instructors here uh, did that show is because, for one, we said yes to the Self-Reliance Expo. And at the Self-Reliance Expo is where we met you. And we, uh, when you were not able to do that show, you gave us a call. And so, again, that was nothing we set up, uh, but it's just because we kept saying yes to things that uh, you knew us. And when you asked us to do the show, it's like, sure, we'll go ahead and do that. You know? And so, we, again, we, we didn't set anything up with that. It just kind of fell into our lap, kind of like, uh, almost like Mother Bathrick, who was just out doing her stuff. Maybe it's a little more yeah, like David Lampson, who's out doing, yeah, but that, trying to find stuff to do, and it just falls in our lap, and so we do it. Right, but that once again, that falls under what you said earlier, which is, <clears throat> you guys don't say no, because you could easily have said, hey, uh, you know, that, that, that sounds good, but we're not really, uh, we've never done that before. And uh, we'd rather somebody else do it or something. The problem is there was nobody else that nobody else that I would trust to have done it. I, I it would have been difficult at the time for me to do it. So knowing that you guys were out there was to me is just a blessing because uh, I, I knew that I could hand it off to you guys and I could I could very safely breathe a sigh of relief and not worry about whether it's going to get handled professionally or not because because that's just the way you guys roll. So that made me very happy. You guys turned out an excellent product, and uh, and once again, you guys are doing the same thing again with this. How much video did the uh, did both of the stations, uh, Elizabeth, you probably know this, did, how many uh, of the stations got video? Uh, both television stations filmed it. <clears throat> KRDO.com still has the story on their site, if you didn't see it. Uh, KKTV.com has a transcript of the audio, but they don't, and the video, they don't have their video posted. I couldn't find it. Uh, They both, I think, did a a bang-up job, and I've been sharing the heck out of it, and I know Kim has too. And I encourage everybody to share that information. Well, that's perfect. Well, I know that sometimes I've done I've done quite a few television uh, spots. I know that sometimes the the news stations, even if they send somebody out, they spend a day or two days filming and everything else. They may not ever show up. It just may not ever yeah. may not ever get you know video may not ever materialize. But we you know for a fact that one already has and that the transcripts from the others are up. So. Um, and you guys are already posting that, sharing that. So, and everybody else, like uh, Elizabeth just said, be sure and grab it and sling it around the web if you don't mind, because it's pretty important. And I'm not saying that it's pretty important for Appleseed, although it is. I'm saying it's pretty important for the nation because, <clears throat> as I spoke about earlier in the show, we've got a nation that is uh, that is in the grips of an environment of fear. They're, they're, everybody is living their lives in fear that, that were you to bring these, uh, these instruments of death and doom into the class, like Jim and Kim did, 
that they would spontaneously arise and begin slaying innocents all around them. And and we can't we can't continue as a nation to operate in this environment of fear. Right now we've got the two sides lined up against each other in opposition and and ignorance is the main thing that is causing this this headbutt. To the majority, any time I've had discussion with folks that uh, were virulently anti-gun, etc., uh, I would say 99.9% of them had never touched a firearm in their life. They had never touched it. They, they had no knowledge of it. And what they did have, though, was a deep-seated fear of the firearm. I'll tell you another thing, too, is that in almost every case, when I did manage to get that person out to a, an actual firing line and got them to, to take physical possession of a firearm and learn how to operate it uh, in a safe and correct fashion, the fear evaporated, and I would say at least in probably in 75% of the cases, those people have gone on to become uh, at least uh, at least okay gun people. They may not they may not have all become pro gun, but they've been they've become okay gun people. Uh, while at least 50 percent of them now have become pro gun people. Uh, some of them, uh, as soon as the switch got flipped, they uh, they they surprised me at least in the very beginning when I first started seeing this effect. Because people who had been anti-gun uh, couldn't wait to show up the next time, the next month, and show me their new gun that they had bought. So education is going to be the key to what we're doing uh, with this. And, and the best way to do this is to get into the schools, get into the schools uh, like we used to do. Firearms education was a component of uh, uh, of schools for many, many years. Now, I, I wanted to, a while ago, I was kind of leading up to it, and I got sidetracked, but I want you guys to, uh, I want to pass the information on to you. You guys may be aware of it already. But while I was doing some, some quick research for this for this subject here, uh, I wanted to, to tell you, and I posted this in the chat room, I found out that Arizona... Uh, back in 2005, had instituted a program which is called the uh, uh, the Gun Safety Bill for Children, and this is actually where they were requiring kids to take a gun safety course in school, uh, and they are they're offering one credit towards their high school diploma, and the course requires that students safely discharge a firearm at a target to pass the course. Uh, this is started in 2005. It's still running now. Uh, I would ask uh, the folks in Arizona, our folks that are listening that are uh, instructors out in Arizona, that uh, this could be something that they could jump on. Right now, I believe the state is only allowing fish and game to teach. Those are the only people that, by, by law, that are being allowed to teach. That doesn't mean that, you, that we can't somehow jump on with, uh, with history or liberty seeds or transition folks from the, the classroom to an apple seed. But I just thought that was very interesting, that, that here we are with, with majority of the schools going crazy and, uh, and suspending you for 10 days for, 
for chewing a Pop-Tart into uh, a firearm simile to Arizona, you know, having enacting a law where kids uh, get a, a credit toward graduation for discharging a firearm at a target. Did any of you guys know about the Arizona situation? Nope. No. No, I hadn't heard that. But I'd be graduated by now. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're coming up close to the end of the show here. So uh, is there anything else that uh, any of you guys would like to add? Well, the one thing that I, uh, I'll add to this is um, even when we did a lot of shooting, the majority of the time was on American Revolutionary War history. Uh, we told all the three strikes. We did uh, a number of the dangerous old folk stories. And we had time to, to let them uh, talk about, you know, what, what, what had changed, what they had learned new, um, how it might affect them, those kind of things. We talked about the Bill of Rights um, and why, why those were amended to the Constitution from the exact things that we talk about in our history stories. The being stopped on the road without cause for, for uh, Paul Revere, and those kind of things going to confiscate firearms. Um, so we, you know, the the big new thing is the uh, having the firearms and actually letting them shoot. But the majority of the time was uh, talking about Revolutionary War history and why it should matter to them. And and what was their what was their reaction? They were all real positive on it. I thought. I thought it was. Um, I don't know. I, I had a story. I'm not going to tell you that story. Never mind. So I'll let somebody else answer. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I think, in as as much as the news focused on the shooting, because that's what they were there to witness, uh, the kids reenacting it for their presentation and the history part, not the rifle part, but the history part, says a lot. We did spend two-thirds of the time on history. And that made an right. impression. Right. And, and you know, it, it, I'm always amazed uh, at the, the differences, the disparity in in different schools and how they teach and what they teach and stuff. You know, and and, and once, you're, once you become familiar with the school system and stuff, you see that, you know, they've got only these tight uh, tight amounts of time that they can vote, devote to any one subject or anything. But I'm always amazed at how much uh, some schools teach and how much some schools don't about the history of the beginning of our nation. And, uh, and I think that any time that we can add to that education, then we're doing a we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Okay, guys, uh, I want to thank uh, all of you guys, Elizabeth and Kim and Jim. Uh, I'd like to thank you for hitting another home run. Be sure and post uh, all of the uh, all of the stuff that you've got uh, everywhere you can, and uh, and then maybe you guys can come back on. Uh, well. Before we do that, let's uh, make sure that we get out your next uh, your next gig.
that's going to be the expo. So give out the information on the expo. Yep. Um, it is April 4th and 5th in Mesquite, Texas, and we will be down there again with the pellet line. Okay. The, uh, the self-reliant the, uh, the heat uh, operation is going to be running a booth <laughs> at the uh, Self-Reliance uh, Expo, and uh, these guys have been always been kind uh, to uh, Appleseed, uh, and uh, the uh, the heat ramrod the the show there with uh, an indoor pellet gun line, and uh, it's really I think it's like the hit of the show for most everybody, especially the kids. And uh, people love it, and it gives us a chance to introduce folks. And we get, you know, we're still getting, I'm still getting folks showing up from the very first one we did. You know, it's taken a little while for the seed to germinate and come to fruition, but but it finally did, and they, they showed up. So, all right. Well, thank you guys very much. God bless you and, uh, and the work that you're doing. And, uh, and then we'll see you guys uh, in April. Okay. All right. Thank, Thank you, Scout. Scout. Thank you. Okay. You guys have a good evening. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night. Bye. Okay. All right. Uh, like I said, another home run uh, by the uh, by the Heath contingent, and uh, uh, and they're doing one after the other. I mean, some really did great uh, apple seed uh, rock stars, and uh, and. And anytime you need any, uh, like any uh, advice to to do any of the stuff that they are doing, these guys are really approachable. They're more than happy to help you out. They're very knowledgeable on their craft and knowledgeable on the ways uh, on the ways to get these things set up and run them through. But the most important part, is, like Jim said, is, is don't uh, don't be afraid to say yes. Don't be afraid to, to grab the ball, run with it, and then work the things out as they come up. Uh, all right. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got several shows coming up. I've got, uh, I've got a show coming up with a, uh, with a gentleman who went through uh, many years of, uh, of civil war in the Balkans. And uh, he or she, I'm going to record that show tomorrow. And then it should be on in the next week or two. I've got uh, an episode coming up with uh, with Tim Stalkup, the uh, producer and narrator for uh, TWA Flight 800. And uh, and then we'll have the pre-Appleseed uh, April 19th show. Uh, hopefully Dr. Fisher will be able to um, to make that one. Uh, I want to let you guys know real quick, too, that on uh, April 26th, uh, Battle Road USA will be having the uh, zombie uh, run and gun. That's a four-point-mile-five-mile looping trail with eight stations for rifle and pistol, as well as obstacles between each station. And uh, you can get that by going to battleroadusa.com. Uh, and... And I guess that's going to wrap it up for this evening. Thank you, Sam, as always, for the work that you do. And we'll see you guys uh, next Thursday, 7 p.m. Central. Until then, God bless and keep you all.
Dude. 